your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Friday, April 2nd edition of Locked On Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is the daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from PantherParkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can also follow the national show at Locked On NHL Pods and the new Cross Check NHL show anywhere you listen to podcasts. And today's episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Go to the Locker Room app on the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On rooms. Locker Room. Changing the way we talk sports. So the Florida Panthers are coming off a 3-2 win against the Detroit Red Wings on Thursday, April 1st. And the Florida Panthers, they finished this series against Detroit with a... 6-2-0 and record, and Carter Verhage was outstanding last night with two points. Nolotari was a contributor to this one, and Alex Wenberg gets the game-winning goal on this one, and Chris Struger is outstanding with 34 saves every time he's inserted in. He has been, most times, fantastic. Ever, every time that he's starting. So now that we're done with the series, season series against Detroit, now it's time to move on to a new series, a new weekend for this Florida Panthers team. Some team news is that Spencer Knight has been added to the taxi squad for the Florida Panthers. I think this is a move for him to get some practice time with the NHL team, even though he's likely not to play, because if he were to play earlier, then it would would do damage to his service time, and you want to at least get him at least a full season starting in the next season, at least have him have a little bit of an offseason. But as of right now, it doesn't mean that Spencer Knight won't be used. We don't know the answer to that. But if I had the choice as of right now with Chris Trigger still on the roster and him likely to walk this offseason, I say just let him stay on the taxi squad for, for at least this season. And also, like I said previously, don't expect Spencer Knight to be called up immediately next season. He's likely starting in AHL Charlotte. And another player that I haven't really talked about on this podcast that the Florida Panthers signed is from University of North Dakota, Matt Kirstead, a defenseman who was most of the North Dakota offense when he was there. And he has a signed jersey from former Florida Panthers forward Mark Parrish. And he posted it on his uh, Twitter page saying how he's honored to be playing for the Florida Panthers. A lot of teams were eyeing him to, to sign as a free agent. And right now he's currently in South Florida on COVID-19 protocol. And then when he's cleared, he will be with the Florida Panthers the rest of the season. In what kind of role and how immediate that will be, that 
we do not know the answer. So, great, great news, great, great incoming players coming for the Florida Panthers, and this new management is really making their mark. They've already done it with these off-season signings who are contributing, despite Patrick Hornquist right now not being able to play, which is expected that hopefully this weekend will be the weekend that he returns. And same thing with Alexander Barkov, one of the core three. The Panthers are anticipating that Barkov will likely be ready on Saturday. He, there was a chance that he could have played on Thursday, but Coach Q decided that it's best to save him for the weekend. So the Florida Panthers have a back-to-back series starting on Saturday at 7 p.m. and a 5 p.m. on Sunday back-to-back series. And I decided we decided to have a conversation with the host of Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets, Jay Forster, to talk about the upcoming series. Uh, so I'm here again with uh, Armando Velez, uh, host of Locked On Panthers, uh, because the rules say that we have to play them this weekend. Uh, so figured we would start off with just a little bit of talk about uh, previous series. You guys just beat the Red Wings twice. Uh, which shouldn't be a big deal, but I think the Blue Jackets fans will be because we just lost to them twice. Uh, but how how did the how are the Panthers looking since since the last time we talked? Yeah, la- last time we talked, uh, the Panthers have continued their their playing well, and. Just recently has been their first major skid, their first regulation skid of losing three straight, which hasn't happened all season. Then you lose a couple of players to injury, like Sasha Barkov with a lower body injury in warmups. Last time they, last time they faced the Blackhawks just a few weeks ago, Patrick Hornquist gets injured on a hit by Zadorov, and then. Heading into the Dallas series last week, Aaron Ekblad goes down with a injury that's sidelining him for 12 weeks, which is actually very good news because we thought that it was possible ligament damage and that it could have been like a 6-12 to 12 month recovery. So there's a small chance that if the Panthers make it far into the postseason that Ekblad could be making a return. But since the injuries of Barkoff and Hornquist, the Panthers have won four straight. So even before those guys got injured, the depth of the team was really starting to click, like a Carter Verhage, like a Patrick Hornquist, like a Nolachari, and even a former Blue Jacket and Alex Weinberg just scored the game-winning goal just last night against Detroit in overtime. So a lot of players are really starting to contribute to this team who aren't the big three of the Florida Panthers. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the overtime goal and I was like, okay, that's how you know that Joel Quenville and John Tortorella are very different coaches because I don't think uh, Wenberg would have seen the ice in overtime under Tortorella ever. Um, but also, like, he's, he's, he's having a pretty good season. Um, considering, I think, last year he did okay for us, but then the season before that, I think he scored one goal total. So it's it's nice to see, it's nice to see him kind of picking it up. 
performing performing well. Uh, Ekblad injury was brutal. Um, I didn't see it live. I woke up the next morning and everyone was tweeting about it, and I was like, "Oh, do I, do I want to watch this?" And then I kind of watched it, and I was like, mm, "Legs, legs shouldn't bend that way." Um, but yeah, it seems like it's just a, a straight, pretty straightforward break, um, and he'll be hopefully back for the playoffs. Twelve weeks is what mid June, late late June, and Thank with you. this so, pandemic, yeah, with this pandemic season. The playoffs are stretching to early, early to mid July. Yeah. So you know, fingers crossed. Um. So I think um, Hornquist will be back in tonight or not tonight, tomorrow. Um. And will Barkov be back as well? Hopefully. They're hoping for Hornquist to be back on Saturday. Barkov was almost ready for their game on Thursday, but Joe Quenville. Had him as questionable and said that Barkov won't be playing on in the Thursday game against Detroit. But so, if we use in context clues, we're I'm going to assume that Saturday is going to be the day where Barkov makes his return to the ice. Yeah, which is bad news for the Blue Jacket, um, because you know Sasha Barkov is is one of my like favorite players who is not a blue jacket to watch he's just so much fun on the ice he's so good um Hornquist is a problem um he was a problem when he was a penguin where we had to see him all the time uh for whatever reason he just loved to score on the blue jacket and it's like i say it's, it's a, a real problem for us uh so i'm not not excited at the prospect of of having him back <laughs> But who who do you think we should like Blue Jacket fans should be keeping an eye on? Who do you think is gonna have a good series? Um I, I would say Nolachari, who has been really taking the place of Alexander Barkov in the face off circle. He's mostly been on the fourth line all season, but he's been more than capable of just shifting all the way to the first because he just knows how to win face offs. And Nolachari has been he had just a two-point night just the other night, and Carver Hagee as well, who was a player on the bottom six of the Tampa Bay Lightning during their Stanley Cup run. But with all the roster cuts and the salary cap issues that the Tampa Bay Lightning were having coming into this season, Carver Hagee couldn't stay with the Tampa Bay Lightning. So the Florida Panthers pounced, and right now Carver Hagee leads the Panthers in goals. Sure. It comes at the expense of Alexander Barkov being out, so I don't know if he'd have more than him, but, you know, you you take it from a guy who's not the traditional four-piece and who's on a two-year contract making $1 million each season for the next two years, so, and when, I believe when he's done with that contract, it's going to be an RFA, so they have his rights for a while. They're, I would assume they're going to protect him when the expansion draft comes around. So they're in good hands with having uh, Carver Hagee on their roster. Yeah, that might be one of the best pickups of the offseason, I think. Uh, I remember watching him when uh, the Blue Jackets played the Lightning in the playoffs last season, and I was like, okay, this, kid's, this kid could be really good. And then obviously they didn't 
they didn't qualify him, right? So he just they didn't qualify an offer. Right, yeah. So he just just left. Obviously, you guys picked him up on a a show me contract, and mm-hmm. he's he's showing you. Uh, he is going to get paid in a couple of seasons. <laughs> yes, <laughs> is, is, yeah. is the only problem. Like, bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website and use your mobile device to sign up for today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the new Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And now back to my conversation with the host of the Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets podcast, Jay Forster. Last time we spoke, we didn't we didn't speak in the previous series, but we did speak back early in the season. And a lot has changed with the Columbus Blue Jackets. At the time we spoke, we were talking about Pierre-Luc Dubois being traded. But in between, there's been issues with Patrick Laine, with John Tortorella. Then there was national media members saying, is Tortorella trying to get fired? And then I, I, I thought about that. I was like, okay, trying to? And, and then I think about, the contract's expiring after this season. So it's not like he has a year left. So what's the state of the Columbus Blue Jackets as far as the coaching staff, Lane's relationship with Tortorella and even management in general? And what what does it what does it look like right now for the Jackets? Um, I mean, uh, in my opinion, there is there's not a scenario in which John Tortorella returns next season um i don't know whether that's we just decide not to extend him or if he officially retires or you know i don't know that we fire him this season because like i just i don't see i don't see that there's a point um unless it's a case of like we're trying to promote from within we want to give uh bradshaw uh who's one of my picks for the potential replacement to John Torella, um, unless we want to give him a shot at running the bench to see how he's doing before we like make it official. But John Torella will will not be back next season. Um and it's been as someone who defended John Torella a lot in the beginning of his tenure with the Blue Jacket, who's been defending him basically up until maybe two months ago. Like, I, I was a big Tortorella fan. Um, I know that he gets a lot of stick for, you know, the star players don't want to play for him, but, like, the fact of the matter is 80% of the league says good things about him. They, you know, they'd run through a wall for him, and so I, I didn't have a problem with... I had a problem with some of the things he did. Um, he's made some 
pretty questionable comment about uh, things like kneeling for the anthem and things like that that have kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But like on ice, he gets results. You know, he's taken this Blue Jacket team that was basically kind of an island of misfit toys when he when he took over in uh, twenty sixteen, I think. Um, and you know, we we went to the playoffs four years straight with him, but he has. Kind of, um, I think this is this is the end of his tenure with the Blue Jackets. I don't think this team can go any further with him. I don't know if it's a case of he's trying to get fired or if it's he's just tired or what. But I think if if John Tortorella wanted to go, I think he would. You know, I don't think he's a guy that's sticking around to like try and smooth things over. You know, he's not a guy that that cares about that kind of stuff. If he wanted to go, I think he would just go. Um, and I think him leaving mid-season would cause more harm than than good at this point. Um, however, I do worry the more time he spends kind of coaching line A, the more that bridge is starting to burn, I think. Um, line A has... He was pretty good last night. Um, in the in the game against Tampa, I thought he was he looked better than he had in a while, but the the problem is I think him and Tortorella are just fundamentally incompatible in terms of coaching and playing styles. Uh, there was an athletic article that talked about how they try and turn him into a two hundred foot player or a power forward, and I'm like, but you don't you don't need to do that. Like the guy's a potential fifty goal scorer. Like can we not just can we not just let him let him play? But I worry that the longer the longer he and Tortorella are kind of in the same locker room, I, I worry that this is going to be him being like, well, I don't want to play for Columbus. It's like the, the, there's a bad taste in his mouth. He wants to he wants to leave, which is a problem that we have with star players. I don't think they've all been like we talked last time about kind of players that don't want to stay. And mm-hmm. I don't think any of like I think maybe one or two of them have been coaching related. Um, but besides that, you know, it's been a lot of well, Bobrovsky wanted to get paid. Panarin wanted to play on a bigger stage. You know, it's not a Tortorella problem with many with a lot of players. But um, yeah, I worry that Tortorella is souring line eight on the Blue Jackets in general, and also just kind of ruining his development a little bit. Um, and I worry that, like, if if this season continues as it is, I don't know that Line A will be the same player that he was, you know, a couple of seasons ago. That was a really long-winded answer, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. Yeah, and Line is only 22 years old. He's only been drafted, like, a few years ago. Same draft as Pierre-Luc Dubois, if I'm not mistaken. And I think about it, I there's some similarities with... Washington and Barry Trotz. I remember going into that 2018 season with Barry, Barry Trotz and the Capitals saying, if he doesn't win a Stanley Cup, he's gone. But he won a Stanley Cup and he was still gone. So it seems as a situation with the Jackets that even if John Tortorella, even if they make the fourth spot and they win a series or two, it might seem that he's gone regardless because just not the not even the play on if the play on the ice improves, 
but the relationship kind of deal with management players and it just seems like they just need a new voice so when it comes to trade deadline one player that has been rumored that i've seen a little bit is savard and what what are you hearing from what are you hearing from the columbus and on possibilities of him being out versus him staying i yeah i think i don't think he finishes the the season as a blue jacket um i'm kind of at this point um i was talking about this with my friend a little bit i'm pretty much resigned to i don't think we're going to make the playoffs this year i don't think even if we do manage to hit that fourth spot we're going to have to play likely tampa which is not a team that i want to play in the playoffs anymore like i've done that it wasn't fun um nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah first first time was good second time not so good um mm-hmm. but yeah, Savard, I think, you know, he's a he's a right-handed defenseman. He will block shots all day long. You know, he's got... I don't... Um, I think he's decent. Like, I like having him having him on, on the team. I think he's been a really good kind of stabilizing presence for the younger guys. I don't think he's a game-changer, but has a lot of those, like, uh, quote-unquote intangibles that teams love. You know? He's got grit, which is meaningless functionally. Um, yeah. But a lot of the stuff he does don't show, doesn't show up on the score sheet or like the fancy stat sheet a lot of the time. So I think a lot of teams are like, yes, David Savard works hard, blocks shots, grinds it out. You know, is a good veteran presence. So I think there's definitely there's definitely a market for a guy like David Savard. Um, I also wonder if we could flip uh, Riley Nash, who is. Not a big name on the Blue Jacket. Uh, I don't think he's a big name anywhere in the league. But he, again, he's very good at what he does. He is, um, I always call him the babysitter. He tends to just kind of hang out on the fourth line with two of our young kids um, and play that kind of defensively responsible center role. So I could see him going somewhere. Um, people keep talking about how we're going to trade Nick Foligno to the Maple Leafs. And I hate that with every bone in my body. Um, but... I don't, yeah, I don't see a, I don't see a situation in which we are buyers at the trade deadline. Even if we make the playoffs, I think it's this season is is functionally meaningless for us. But if if you're interested in a in a slightly used chop blocking defenseman, we have one. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe I believe he's on an expiring contract too. Yeah, he's UFA. So I even. Till the end of the season, I don't think I don't know that we resign him. We just have too many, we have too many defensemen. So from the Blue Jackets perspective, it's great to get something back from him. And from the Florida perspective, with Aaron Ekblad being out for twelve weeks, it might be good as a stopgap in between that. And Panthers have been rumored for other, other players like Alex Elder of the Vancouver Canucks, Matthias Ekholm. And Brandon Montour of the Buffalo Sabres. So those are the defensemen that they're looking at as of right now for possible stopgaps for for when Aaron Ekblad comes back. And Riley Nash is another one. Didn't pick up Ghost Despair like when he was when he was waivers. Like that should have been that should have been a no brainer to me. It's funny because so many people, so many national people, even whether it was Athletic Hockey Show. 
locked on NHL talking about it, and it it's it seemed to to match, but I guess Joel Quenville and Bill Zito didn't see a fit and saw the play of and saw the play of him lately, just going off. And Philly's having a rough year, so I I I don't know I don't know if that's a product of him or a product of how Philly is doing this season. So yeah, Philly Philly has definitely dropped off in in this year and shocking because they uh they got the number one seed after their round robin last year in toronto so i i definitely don't understand how (laughs) all that and i believe carter hart was a healthy scratch for two games if i'm if i'm not mistaken yeah, so there was there was an article that came out which made me really mad, where it basically was like he split up with his sports psychologist, and this is why he's bad now. Um, so they've they've I don't even think he dressed as a backup. Oh, again, uh, they just basically want him to do a, a hard a hard reset. But I I've been joking for years that Philadelphia is where goaltenders go to die. Mm-hmm. Like they just they don't have like ever since Hextall, I don't know that they've had a good game-changing goalie. And then Carter Hart came into town, and I was like, oh, maybe maybe the curse is broken, but I I guess not. I feel bad for the kid, because he is mm-hmm. he is a phenomenal goalie, but again, it's it's one of those, like, is he doing bad, or is he a product of a bad team? Um, mm. And I'm kind of inclined towards the latter, but Philadelphia's kind of doing... The same thing as the Blue Jackets this season, where I thought they were going to be pretty good, and then for whatever reason, the defense has just kind of imploded, and guys that were previously really good, like Seth Jones, uh, have been having just just awful seasons. Like, it's baffling. Hockey is a nonsense sport at the best of times, but this season has been really weird, I think. Mm-hmm. Especially when with playing the same teams over and over again, you don't necessarily know. Sometimes you can't necessarily get the best judgment on how one team is doing when you don't play everybody. I I think about it. The Panthers just finished their season series against Detroit. So last night was the last time they'll play them this season. This that's the only team they've played eight times so far. Six, two and oh against them. Can they do this against a Boston Bruins team, even though Boston's kind of like not playing well as of late. Can they do this against the a New York Islanders who the Islanders just took the Panthers' lunch money last year because they were just beating them up on the on the forecheck, on the end boards. They were just outplayed in all facets of the game. Some of the games were close, but just outside of the final score, those were the Islanders just outplayed the Panthers. How do how will they do against a Vegas? How will they do against a Colorado? So that's one thing that I kind of wonder what what would this be like in a regular season. But when you're beating up on the bad teams, then it gives me a good feeling that you could at least compete with the contenders in in the rest of the league. But going back to this upcoming series, the series is a back to back. Saturday's game is a 7 p.m. Eastern puck drop, and Sunday Easter Sunday is a 5 p.m. puck drop Eastern Ooh. time. That is a rough, that's a rough turnaround. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a little strange. I guess it's because of the holiday. Mm. But what are you anticipating in this upcoming series that's happening in Sunrise, Florida? Um, 
it's a bit of a weird one because again i've been saying this for a while now the blue jackets tend to play to the level of their opponents so you know they came out and played brutally against the red wings but then they came out and played some of their best hockey i thought uh against tampa bay this past mini series they won the first game 3-1 they lost uh last night 3-2 uh that game winning goal was scored with like four minutes left in regulation it was brutal but it was some of the best hockey i've seen from them in a while so if if the blue jackets decide that they're going to play to the level of the florida panthers i think it could be it could be fun um if the Blue Jackets decide that they're going to do what they have done and just be inconsistent and terrible, then it could very well be the um, be the Panthers walking away with another two wins. But I think the what's really interesting to me about the the Panthers this season, actually, um, and I keep looking at the the stats to see if it's like if it's just me or not. But Chris Drieger, like, is he is he legit? Is he like the product of good defense, like he's, I think top ten in goaltender at the minute. He he's he's legit, and he's been able to clean up the mess if Sergey Bobrovsky does have a bad game. But Sergey Bobrovsky has been better than what he was earlier in the season, and the the defense is helping him out as well. Here's the thing with Chris Drieger, his contract is expiring after this season, and the goalie pipeline for the cats is extremely strong and they just signed spencer knight to a three-year elc and just yesterday they put him on the taxi squad however i'm not anticipating spencer knight playing because if you do play him then his service time clock starts so they got to be careful with that and i think he and there's already a goalie on the taxi squad so i think the reason for putting him there is so that he can start getting practice time with the NHL team and to get in the groove of like starting to create a relationship with the coaching staff because his relationship already with the franchise is already great, especially with someone like Roberto Luongo who created a goalie excellence department for the franchise. But going back to Chris Strieger, he's going to get paid somewhere. And- yeah, he's he is, I think, ripe for one of those like um I was called the Matt Bolesky contract. I don't mm. remember a few seasons back, but Matt Bolesky had like one good season and then signed a like five by five million dollar mm. deal and was then awful for the rest of it. But yeah, I feel like Chris Drieger is gonna get paid by like a San Jose or you know, a similar team where again goaltending has just been brutal and he's gonna get, you know six million or more for six years but he's what is he? he's over 30 right so i believe i always maybe. assumed that he was like <laughs> this sounds bad i always assumed that he was like super old which in nhl terms <laughs> means he's probably like 35 but mm-hmm. um, he's 26 26 is he really mm-hmm. he's 26 years old God, i i assumed he was like the grizzled old backup but i guess yeah, so this could just be him hitting his prime. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, I could see a team like maybe Carolina going after him, depending on the status of Peter Mrazek when he comes back. I could see a Toronto possibly getting him it, because they're having, I, I believe, Freddie Anderson's injured. If I, yeah, Freddie Anderson's injured. I believe their backup, Jack Campbell, is 
injured as well, mm. or he's mm. just recently come back. Um, and then they they took one of our goalies recently, actually. Um, they took one of uh, so we have we had four goalies that all had incredible names for the Blue Jackets. Uh, so they they traded for Vaini Vevalainen, uh, and then immediately both of like. So we traded for him, and then immediately Corpusalo got hurt. So I'm like, okay, well, we're already down one goalie. Now we're down two goalies. But, yeah, ta- uh, Toronto's got some some choices to make with goaltending. Yeah. I don't think Freddie Anderson stays next season because he's a UFA. I think he goes somewhere else. Um, so that could be, that could be interesting. Um, but, yeah, I feel like I blinked, like just going back to um, Spencer Knight, for a minute, I feel like I blinked and the cats just kind of suddenly have a bunch of really good, really young goalies. Because you have Spencer Knight, who was the goalie for Team USA at World Championship, at World Juniors, right? And mm-hmm, you also right. had the goalie for Canada is, is a Panthers draft pick as well. <laughs> so mm-hmm. feels like you, you are kind of, you can have some decisions to make in a couple of seasons, but right now you're just kind of, You've got all all the goalies, um, but yeah, I agree with getting. We talk, I talked about this a little bit with Sarah actually. This idea of getting practice time in with an NHL team, especially for a young goalie or a goalie that's kind of on the cusp of the the AHL, kind of if he's not playing, that NHL practice time is invaluable for mm-hmm. for a guy like Spencer Knight, and as well, like presumably he'll be sticking to NHL routines as well. So he just came from. Boston College, right? Mm, correct. So he's been playing, you know, maybe a game on Saturday and a game on Sunday, getting used to the NHL schedule now instead of, you know, next season when he's getting stro- thrown straight in, I think, again, is going to be invaluable. So We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, Best tasting protein bar on the market now. And the winner of the Built Bar Madness is Coconut Brownie Chunk. Although the winner was from the championship being on April Fool's Day, it feels like it's an April Fool's Day joke, but it's not. Because, not because Coconut Brownie Chunk is not a great Built Bar, but that I thought Cookies and Cream should have taken the cake on this one. But Upsets happen in March Madness, and they happen in Built Bar Madness, too. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15 to get 15% off your next order of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. Be a waiver wire winner with daily fantasy hockey advice from Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insight, and analysis for season-long, dynasty, and DFS leagues. Follow the Locked On Fantasy Hockey podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. And now back to my conversation with the host of the Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets podcast, Jay Forster. And he's going to start this next season more than likely in AHL Charlotte. AHL Charlotte, they, uh, they opted out of the season, so now so our affiliate is combined with Tampa Bay. And- okay, I, so I saw that and was super confused because you recalled a guy from the Syracuse Crunch, and I was like, wait. Like I know that the AHL mi- mixed it up this season, but I was just, I was like, did I did I miss something major? Like, but no, it's, yeah. 
they, they, they the Charlotte Checkers is their new affiliate because they used to be it used to be the Springfield Thunderbirds. So yes. there was a there was there were rumors of is it going to be the Charlotte Checkers or is it going to be the Chicago Wolves that will be their new affiliate? And now the Chicago Wolves is the Carolina Hurricanes' new affiliate. But geographically, in my opinion, Charlotte Checkers is better because if one player gets injured and you need somebody from Charlotte, it's a it's a quicker commute to get them to the active roster from Charlotte to Sunrise, Florida. Yeah, hundred percent. That's like it's really good for for the Blue Jackets because obviously our AHL affiliate is in Cleveland, which is like an hour and a half down the freeway. But I know that there was um, problems with the Canadian teams, like the Stockton Heat had to request permission to play in Canada this season because uh, all of the uh, the old Pacific Division teams, all of their AHL teams were in California. So mm. the Vancouver, uh, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, all of their teams were in uh, in California. And so they were like, well, what if we need to call a player up? You know, we can't we can't call them up and then have to wait two weeks. So they had to like request special permission to have the Stockton Heat play in the Canadian division of the AHL this season. So they could like actively call players up and not and not get trapped. But mm-hmm. thankfully, I'm very thankful that we are almost to the end of this. We're we're not there yet, but we're one step closer to getting there and that we could slowly but surely have a regular season next year with with travel as well through all the markets and safely as well and that we could have stadiums full so that the players can that the salary cap can go back up for the players especially with the new deal with ESPN and that it helps the league in general because one thing I was very upset with Gary Bettman earlier this season when he talked about the league is losing money. What he's leaving out is he's talking about the short term, but he doesn't talk about the long term implications. Not implications, the long term. It playing a season benefits them long term because you're keeping your fan base intact, yeah. and that protects the league. You might be losing money this year, but you're gonna get it back in years when tv deal and stadiums start being packed again yeah that that drove me crazy actually i remember he was like yeah we're not doing that like this season we're losing money we're doing this because the players want to and because the fans want us to and i was like okay but what if people get seriously sick like it is it is a global pandemic at the end of the day sports are not important like i missed hockey more than basically mm. anything over that like seven month break but i would rather have everybody be healthy than than to have hockey mm. back like i don't know um if there's anyone on the panthers but max domi is a type 2 diabetic like he's extremely high risk for for covid and then you know there was a, a breakout training camp the blue jackets and you know it just it the whole thing stressed me out and it bothered me a lot when he was like, yeah, we're doing this for the players. We're not making money. And then turned around three months later and signed this massive ESPN deal. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. Yeah. A lot, of, uh, a lot of Gary Bettman's business ideas bother me a lot, but for him to turn around and be like, we're losing money and therefore you should be nice to us is, mm-hmm. 
<laughs> nah. <laughs> I, 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 I feel, I feel it's, uh, he's playing, he's playing the PR game. That's, that, oh. that's pretty much what they do. That, and we, at this, at this point, we shouldn't be surprised. So that, that's really what it comes down to. But hey, we're, we're almost there. We're, vaccines are getting distributed in the United States. In Florida, myself, I could start getting vaccinated starting on April 5th. How is it like over there in the UK? Uh, it is a nightmare over here. Um, I have no time to, I have no timeline, um, which like initially didn't bother me because you know I'm I'm young, I'm in fairly good shape, I live alone, um, and I work from home. So like, there's not a need for me to be vaccinated. So I'm not like, why am I not getting vaccinated? But there's no timeline. Like I went on the the NHS website the other day just to kind of see and they basically just said if it's over 60s and people who have underlying health conditions uh like diabetes which i do not have so at some point maybe i will get vaccinated before summer but i'm not i'm not holding out i'm not holding out hope for it but maybe maybe next season i will be able to because i used to come to the states a couple times a year to you know see my friends watch some hockey uh I had big plans to, so I was here November 2019. Uh, I was in Denver, Chicago, and Columbus. I had big plans to fly out for the playoffs last season if we made it, and then obviously everything shut down. So I'm, I like, I miss, I miss Columbus. I miss Nationwide Arena. I miss live hockey. Like, I miss my friends. Mm -hmm. But next season, yeah, fingers crossed we can, uh, we can have people, we can travel, and we can uh, do our uh, locked-on food road trip that we've been talking about in the <laughs> in the in the group chat. Absolutely. Well, if you're ever in Florida and the Jackets are in town, definitely we could hit up the BBMT Center. But for uh, my li- for my listeners, for for your work, where can they find you and your work? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at jaythegoalie. Uh, I as of Tomorrow, so that's Saturday, I will be uh, covering the Manchester Storm in our uh, UK Elite Series that's happening over here. We didn't have a, a proper season, so they've, picked, they've taken four teams into a bubble, and they'll be playing a short and 24-game season. Uh, so that's, that's exciting. I'll be covering that. If you want to see kind of what hockey is like on this side of the pond, then give me a follow and check that out. Uh, you can find this podcast at LO underscore Blue Jackets. Uh, and if you want to email me, you know, comments, questions, criticisms, like tell me I have bad opinions, that's fine. I can take it. Uh, you can email me at lockdownbluejacket at gmail.com. Uh, where can my listeners find you if they want to hear more about what a good season Alec Lemberg is having, for example? <laughs> <laughs> they can find the show Locked On Panthers anywhere they listen to podcasts. They can find the Twitter page at LO underscore. FLA Panthers, and they could follow me on Twitter at Mondoman12. And thank you once again to Jay Forster of the Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets podcast for having this conversation with me before the Cats take on the Columbus Blue Jackets at home at the BBNT Center starting Saturday at 7 p.m. and Easter Sunday at 5 p.m. I will be in attendance for the Saturday game at 7 p.m. And hopefully we are seeing a return of Alexander Barkov and a Patrick Hornquist in this one. So Coach Q gave us some good news regarding that. So hopefully it comes true. 
So if you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. Please tell a friend. Share this show on Twitter. Follow the show account on Twitter at LO underscore FLA Panthers and my personal account, MondoMan12. And make sure to come back on Monday as we break down this weekend series against the Columbus Blue Jackets. So I'm Armando Velez signing off. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We're your team every day.